if you want tyranny, just look around. It's everywhere. And, of course, we know who the tyranny is being caused by. But we're not, most people are afraid to use the word. <laughs> it's spelled J-E-W. All right, good, good day. Kinsmen, kinswomen, Christian identity, white nationalists, patriots everywhere. Welcome to Bloodlines here at Eurofolk Radio. Today is June 13, 2021. We're only about a week away from the uh, summer solstice. And my co-host again, Michael Sweet. How are you doing, Michael? I'm doing very good this this nice um, Sunday afternoon here in, in sunny Sweden. Oh, it's sunny. It's sunny in Chicago, too. We had a, a wonderful thunderstorm yesterday because we've had nothing but drought. It's been cold and um, cloudy, but no rain. So uh, people are getting concerned about uh, the farms in Illinois you know, being uh, uh, drought-ridden. Uh, we had uh, about a one-hour Really heavy thunderstorm yesterday, which was really a blessing. And so we'll see if that's enough to perk up the corn and the alfalfa and, and the wheat and all that kind of stuff in Illinois. Because the, the world needs Illinois uh, high fructose corn syrup, right? What would we do without high fructose corn syrup? Uh, so, But today we're going to continue our series. Uh, we're, we've been doing biographical sketches of identity personalities. Uh, we did um, uh, 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 associates of Dr. Wesley Swift and Bertrand Compare. Last time, unfortunately, uh, last week's show I was doing from uh, Missouri with my laptop, and the show didn't save to the proper location on the hard drive, and so I have to search for it. haven't been able to find it yet, so I'll get that posted. Uh, Gerald L.K. Smith is the uh, personality we talk, talked about last time. So today we're going to talk about Henry Ford and William J. Cameron, and I will post uh, several articles. Now, the one uh, problem when you're researching Henry Ford and William Cameron and Gerald L.K. Smith and Charles Coughlin and people like that, most of the reviews and the biographical sketches are very much critical because they're supposedly, quote, anti-Semites, unquote. Well, it's really hard to find, unless you get their actual writings, to uh, you know, get what they actually believe and the evidence they have put together against the international Jew. Henry Ford's book, The International Jew, is must-reading for everybody. It's actually the beginning of the Christian identity movement. It was edited by William J. Cameron. So we're going to be talking about uh, Henry Ford and William J. Cameron today. And so I guess we'll take the articles in the order posted here on Skype. And uh, I have to minimize this page here, sorry. Uh, so uh, uh, if you want to take it away from the, the first of the three articles. So the one the, the one and to use is this the one from the Wikipedia then? Uh, okay, well, uh, yeah, let's start with that one. There's a Dearborn Independent. Uh, we can uh, do that next. And yeah, let's okay. take the one from Wikipedia. Yes, I can. Yeah, okay. Uh, I do the one. So here is an Wikipedia um, article about, uh, I guess this was the newspaper that um, Henry Ford was giving out. Yes. Um, so the, the so Dearborn the Independent. Yeah, so let's see here what, what is said about it. Mm. So the Dearborn Independent, also known as the Ford International Weekly, 
was a weekly newspaper established in 1901 and published by Henry Ford from 1919 through 1927. The paper reached a circulation of 900,000 by 1925, second only to the, the New York Daily News. Wow. Hmm. That's big. Okay, yeah. Didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Largely due to the uh, due to a quote system for promoting imposed on Ford's dealer. Imposed. Okay. Imposed, yeah. <laughs> a lawsuit regards anti-Semitic material published in the paper um, caused Ford to close it. And the last issue was published in December 1927. The publication's title was derived from the Detroit suburb of uh, Dearborn, Michigan. Okay. Um, so, uh, accusation by Ford. Um, in 1918, Ford's closest aide and private secretary, Ernst G. Liebold, uh, purchased the Independent from Marcus um, Woodruff, who had been running it at a loss. The initial staff of the newspaper included E.G. P- uh, uh, Pipe. Previous- E.G. Pip. Pip. Never heard of him. But, uh, okay. Yeah, okay. Previously managing editor of the Detroit News, written William C. Cameron, also formerly of the News, and Marcus Woodruff, and Fred Black as business manager. Okay, as is true of most patriotic publications, they run at a loss. (laughs) But the Jews have billions and billions and billions, but they're so persecuted, Michael. They're just so persecuted. Uh, you can't criticize them because they feel persecution when you criticize them. Now, this is uh, this is the general history of the patriot movement in America. You have individuals fighting against global Jewish plutocracy, and because they control the media, we get nothing but bad press. And uh, it's really hard to find an uh, an item which is positive to these independent uh, writers and publishers. So. Uh, It's interesting that the Dearborn Independent uh, basically is an offshoot of the Detroit News. Very interesting. Okay, back to you. Um, Yes. So the paper was printed just also with this, with um, what I've heard with, for example, newspaper and all this. And I guess they also go, it's very, what to say, bad business running newspaper, understand, because it's propaganda. So you need to have a lot of money to keep them going because you doesn't really own money on it. Yes. Uh, that is the, what I understand with newspaper overall. It, it's not a way to bring in money anyway. Yeah, it's t- it's p- publishing is tough if you don't have a lot of money and advertising money. Uh, you're fighting a losing battle against you know who. <laughs> okay. So the paper was printed on a used um, press purchased by Ford and ins- installed it in Ford's uh, tractor plant in the Rogue. Publication under Ford was inaugural in January 1919. The paper initially uh, at- attracted uh, notorious notoriety. No- notoriety. And, and if you're noto- if you're notorious, that means uh, people uh, are think you're you're evil. <laughs> But notoriety doesn't mean that. Notoriety just means it, it became a, the, the public became aware of it. Okay. Okay. In, in June 1919. Yeah. With coverage of um, of the libel lawsuit between Henry Ford 
and the Chicago Tribune, when stories written by uh, uh, Pip and Cameron were picked up naturally. Huh, okay. So, uh, uh, so apparently the Chicago Tribune sued Henry Ford? Uh, I never heard of that lawsuit because the Chicago Tribune was uh, up until oh, the 19, early 1950s the last bastion of uh, free speech <laughs> of major newspapers in America. So, uh, again, but it all, always depends on how much influence the Jews have with a particular newspaper, radio station, etc., to determine whether uh, they can criticize a global Jewry or not. Okay, back to you. And here is Ford's motivations then. So, Henry Ford, a pacifist who opposed World War I, um, um, believe that Jews were responsible for starting wars in order to profit from them. And this is a quote then, quote, international financiers are behind all wars. They are what is called the international Jew. German Jews, French Jews, English Jews, American Jews, I believe that in all those countries, ex except our own, the Jewish financier is supreme. Here, the Jew is a threat. Now, it's interesting, uh, in, uh, June, well, when was the statement? Uh, June 1919, apparently. Uh, so he, I don't think he was aware of the overarching presence of the Jews in the publishing industry, in the war industry, in banking, okay? So, uh, so he says... They're not uh, they're not as powerful in America as they are in other countries, and I beg to differ. They were very they, they they're the ones who got us into World War One. We had no business getting involved in World War One, and it was the Balfour Declaration, which the global Zionist movement, by which they promised Britain to bring America into the war to save their butts because they were losing that war. So their influence in America was supreme already in 1919 back to you yeah and also um uh, weren't yeah in the balfour declaration that this letter wasn't that written to lord rothschild isn't that how we start up this letter yeah by it was written by uh well yeah to by arthur j uh, balfour okay promising the zionist movement that uh, you know we will uh, bring america in to the war and we, we promise you also palestine the only way they could deliver Palestine to the Zionists was by bringing America in as the, uh, you know, the, uh, cl the, the club against Germany. And that's, that's what happened. And you see what happened to Germany after that. Uh, it was a Jewish influence that started that war, brought America into the war, and then uh, you know, depreciated German currency and the Weimar Republic. I mean, one evil act after another. But, of course, the general public is not aware of these things because they listen to Jews' news. Yes, they have their spec spectacles um, Yes, changed. Jewish spectacles. We need to have those spectacles that the people had in the movie They Live, where you can see who the aliens are among us, right? But if you've got EFR spectacles, you're doing okay. All right, back to you. Yes, and also to when you read your Bible, that you're using your correct spectacles and not yeah, um, that's right. the one giving you. Yep, yep. Who's Jew and so, who isn't? Yes. <laughs> who is who in the zoo? Yeah. <laughs> Ford felt that Jews in their role as financier contributed uh, nothing of value to society. 
he believed that uh, Jewish businesses focused solely on price and cheapening their products. Ford once bit in a candy bar. Oh, Ford once bit into a candy bar and uh, finding it not as good as it once had been, mm. said, quote, the Jews have taken hold of it. They've cheapened it to make more money, end quote. Mm-hmm. Um, so in 1915, Ford blames Jews for instigating World War I, saying, quote, I know who caused the war, German Jewish bankers, end quote. In 1925, Ford said, quote, what I oppose most is international Jewish money power that is met in every war. That is what I oppose. A power that has no country and that can order the young men of all countries out to death. And okay. Quote. So for being a, a pacifist, because he opposed World War One, he is being criticized because, yeah, well, I mean, it doesn't matter how many lives you save by opposing war. If you criticize the Jews, that means you're evil and your life is worthless. Yeah, but this is the history since the... Um since we know since Napoleon was defeated at Waterloo by, I guess, the French Rothschild financed um, Napoleon's army and then and the English Rothschild financed um, uh, the English army. That's and, correct. Uh, what, yep. Uh, so that way they won. They Either how it would have gone, they won. Yeah. Now, I haven't read The International Jew from cover to cover. I have a four-volume set. Uh, I'm not sure if Ford was familiar with the activities of the Rothschilds, you know, in uh, the Napoleonic Wars, but uh, th- that would have proven the case. Nevertheless, that information is uh, hard to come by, and how the Rothschilds finance both sides of the Napoleonic Wars and have have done the same thing ever since, including communist revolutions. Yeah. Yeah. And if you have a tactic. You yeah. shouldn't tell your opponent about your tactics because then maybe they get wise to you. Right. Yeah. And Napoleon did get wise to him, but it was too late. <laughs> right. Yes. Okay. Ford ensured that everyone who worked for any of his companies accepted his views and made sure not to hire a single Jew in office. Amen. Perhaps. Good man. Right. That, that's good business practice because the Jews will take over your company if you don't do that. Although he hired them as physical labor. And this sounds like they want to say that he imposed this on them that he hired. Uh-huh. Uh, so I don't really, I don't well, believe that was the case. It sounds like he imposing his view upon them, but um, I don't know. Well, he, he could, he didn't make them read the Dearborn Independent, but we, he did put a copy of the Protocols of the Elders of Zion in the back seat of every Model A Ford, right? So I'm sure his workers re- read that stuff and became wise yeah. to the Jews as a result. Yeah. Um, so we began the articles with um, themes of a worldwide conspiracy by Jewish super capitalists that the Jews invented the stock market and gold standard just to corrupt the world and other peoples. Man, uh, spot on, <laughs> right? <laughs> we should hear this kind of language all the time. Yeah, it's just um, this just a casino. The stock market is just a casino. It's a That's, way to right. Uh, that uh, you should never go into the stock market. You should never gamble. It's a like gambling. 
business. Exactly. The only difference between the stock market and a casino is a casino has dancing girls. Yes, and so I mean, the, it's the same, the same stuff, the same, and we we are forbidden to gamble in scriptures as well. I, I, yeah, I mean, right. Yeah, so. that, it is. That's gambling. Yeah, it's pure and simple. It's gambling. Yeah. Yeah, and this with the gold standard. Yeah, it's also yeah, is is there a stepping stone to get rid of the gold? Of course, so they can take it. Right. They know that is money. Amen. The paper, That's real money. Yeah. yeah. Electronic shekels you have in your pockets—they are—they're not money. That's just digits on a screen. They are, and just because they buy you something now, you believe it is money, but it's not. It is not. Yeah. Well, for the Jew, uh, money and gold and uh, silver are simply a means to control people. Okay, it's not a medium of exchange to them. It's a means to control people, and the uh, average person has no idea. And by the way. Uh, the medical establishment is now just a means to control people. It's not. It's not good for your health, folks. Stay away from doctors, MDs. Any a guy who has an MD after his, unless he advertises or agrees that uh, the prevention is the main aspect of good health and not uh, pharmaceutical drugs. Uh, I would stay away from such an MD totally. And right now, uh, we posted a a couple of. Uh, articles last night's show on uh, the uh, 5g and uh, the medical establishment uh, there was a doctor quoted as saying in 2018 that the medical establishment is response is the third leading cause of death in america okay the third leading cause of death is mds all right that was in 2018 i'm sure it's up to number two now and it doesn't count covid as a part of the death the death caused by MDs, all right, folks? Uh, unless you're on death's door and have no alternative but to, to go to a hospital, uh, try do natural therapy, natural therapy, which would include you know, you know, healthy uh, herbs and healthy food, staying away from processed foods altogether if you possibly can. Back to you. Yeah, and Yahweh has given us all the tools to be healthy. Mm -hmm. We put our trust in him and his way to get healed. But we, we always run off, to, not maybe we always, but many of our people, though, they run off because they want a fast and, and a fast solution. They, right. they don't want to have responsibility. For example, if you can blame, blame it on a virus, oh, I got a virus, then you have no... You have no what it say? Responsibility to say that you didn't take care of your temple. You made this come upon you because you didn't acknowledge his laws. That's right. But instead, blame it on something that probably doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. I, I believe viruses and bacteria, that's this, this, uh, this, he comes also from this black lagoon, this, uh, <laughs> this Astur, I would say. He also is one of them, I guess. And of course, he's lying. Mm-hmm. He's also one of those creatures. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's why you need EFR glasses to recognize who the aliens are. The Nephilim in human form, also known as Jews. Back to you. So now we have this anti-Semitic articles. So uh, Pip left the Independent in April 1920 in disgust with the planet anti-Semitic articles which began in May. 
Ford did not write the articles. He expressed his opinions verbally to his executive secretary, um, Ernst Liebold and William J. Cameron, who replaced uh, Pip as editor. Cameron had the main responsibility for exp expanding these opinions into articles form. Uh, Liebold was responsible for collecting more materials to support the articles. Okay, so uh, is this someone you know about, Liebold? Is this uh, a known very, very little. So uh, people came and went uh, on the Dearborn Independent, uh, but William J. Cameron was the driving force of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, one of the articles, uh, quote, Jewish power and America's money fa famine, end quote, asserted that the power exercised by Jews over the nation's supply of money was insidious, depriving farmers and other outside the banking um, country of money when they needed it most. The article asked the question, quote, where is the American gold supply? It may be in the United States, but it does not belong to the United States, end quote. It concludes that Jews control the gold supply and hence America's money. Uh, another article, quote, Jewish idea um, molded Federal Reserve System, end quote, was a reflection of Ford's uh, distrust of the Federal Reserve System and its uh, proponent, Paul Warburg. Ford believed that the Federal Reserve System was uh, secretive and insidious. This article gives um, rise uh, to claims of anti-Semitism against Ford, and in 1929 he signed a statement apologized for the articles. And what I I read um, it was a book on Swedish, and this guy, this author, he claims that one of the yeah, as I told you before, that um, I guess they used this this lawyer at New York called Samuel Untermeyer to try to they probably try to blackmail Henry Ford to stop writing this, and right. also how they wanted to. As I also they when in their articles, they also want to um, give them the the light that um, Henry Ford's uh, cars were not uh, safe, so they always portray them as ah, in very right. negative way. Yeah. But the Jewish models are safe, <laughs> right? Okay. Okay. So now is the protocols of the elders of Zion. Um, many issues of the independent uh, comment extensively upon the protocols of the elders of Zion. The first mention of the protocols appears in the issue of July 10th, 1920, the seventh installment of its of quote international Jews. End quote, serious. Also in 1920-21, the Independent carried a series of articles expanding on the themes of financial control by Jews, entitled Jewish Idea in American Monetary Affairs. The, mark, the remarkable story of Paul Warburg, who began work on the United States monetary system after three weeks' residence in this country. Yeah, obviously a German Jew who was installed by the Rothschilds here in America to create the Federal Reserve Bank. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And two, Jewish idea molded Federal Reserve System. What Baruch was in war material, 
um, Paul Berger was was in war finance. Some curious um, revelations of money and politics. Yeah, Bernard Baruch became the personal advisor of federal dictator Rosenfeld. During World War One, Baruch made millions selling uh, defective uh, war goods to the American uh, army. Okay, you know, it gives you an idea how evil these people are. So Baruch not only made millions selling uh, war material to the federal government, he also uh, caused the death of American soldiers by selling them defective weapons. Back to you. Okay, so Jewish idea of a central bank of for America. The evolution of Paul M. Warburg's idea of a Federal Reserve System without government management. Mm -hmm. And four, how Jewish international financier functions. The Warburg family and firm divided the, the world between them and did amazing things which non-Jews could not do. Uh, Jewish power and American money famine. The Warburg Federal Reserves um, sucks money in New York leaving productive sections of the counter in um, distrust need. The disastrous need. Now here, there's a very important concept. It's good that uh, Henry Ford, uh, among, uh, he was a better economist than your average uh, university-trained economist, okay? Because if you don't have enough money in circulation, it doesn't matter what form it's in. It could be gold, silver, even paper money, even fiat money. If you don't have enough money in circulation, trade grinds to a halt. And that's what happened in 1929. The Rothschilds simply stopped putting money into circulation. That's what caused the crash in 1929. And uh, many economists said, okay, well, the, what the Fed needs to do now is start printing more money so to get the economy going. It's a miracle that uh, we were able to finance all these factories in the ramp up to World War II, where'd the money come from? The Federal Reserve okay. started printing. There you again. go. That's right. They started printing money when they realized that they're going to get us into World War II. Back to you. Mm -hmm. um, so, number six, then, the economic plan of international use, an outline of the protocol's monetary policy, uh, which notes on the a parallel found in uh, Jewish financial practice. Mm -hmm. So he he had them nailed. <laughs> Henry Ford had the Jews nailed. The, all the evil things they do worldwide had them totally nailed. That's why he is so hated by the Jews. And I guess they, they co-opted him with this Ford Foundation. Well, yeah, that was after he died. And uh, basically, Edsel Ford, who ran it for a while, you know, was kicked out. And uh, it's, it's in Jewish hands now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the newspaper published the Protocols of the Elders of Zion, which was um, discredited by the Times of London as a um, forgery during the, during the independence uh, publishing one. So they claim. That's not true. Mm. It was never discredited, and uh, there's actually evidence that it's, uh, it's accurate. Okay. Yeah. And, 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 uh, yeah. By the way, they used the word forgery. Yeah. Doesn't that mean you have an uh, have an, <laughs> an, an, an true copy somewhere? Right, exactly, exactly. Well, it, it comes straight from the 1896 World Zionist Congress in Basel, Switzerland, and from directly from Jewish writings, historical writings, up to that point in time, okay? 
where Jews uh, published in their own, uh, in their so-called Hebrew and Yiddish publications, their their plans, uh, their statements. Uh, and uh, Zionists uh, independently have made statements uh, that are uh, qualified or, and verified in the uh, in the protocols. So uh, the the argument uh, they're trying to cover their butts by claiming it's a forgery or, or it's fake, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, if, just a survey of Jewish writings up to that point in time proves that that is what the world Jew- Jewry had in mind all along. Yeah, but they admit it, it, it does exist when they say it's a forgery. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And not, um, yeah. Right. Because every forgery but, has to have a, 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 an original <laughs> that was forged from. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I somewhere read that those, the protocol was written by the Rothschild. Somewhere I have an article where they said who did write it. Yeah, well, uh, it was uh, written by Rothschild agents, that's for sure. Okay. And uh, the, uh, the Zionist movement is, is proof positive that this was their plan all along and uh, that uh, they were going to round up Jews to send them to Palestine where they did not want to go. So they had to concoct the Holocaust to blame Germany for uh, you know, the fact that the Zionists wanted these Jews out of Germany and in Palestine. Okay, so everything the, the Jewish history books claim is all false. You know, so if uh, if everything else they say is false, why why should their denial of uh, the protocols be false? No, it's true. Yes. It's- um, the American Jewish Historical Society describes the idea presented in the magazine as, quote, anti-immigrant, anti-labor, anti-liquor, and anti-Semitic, yeah. end quote. Well, but, but it was pro-Constitution, <laughs> right? Because the immigration laws in America were very, very strict. They would not accept anybody who had a disease, right? And they would only accept white people, Right? Okay, so if if Ford is uh, all these things, so is the U.S. Constitution. Yeah, but they gloss over that that mm-hmm. part here. Right. So in February 1921, the New York World uh, published an interview with, with Ford in which he said, quote, the only statement I care to make about the protocols is that they fit in with what is going on, end quote. Yeah, and that is true. If you read it, come on, it fits with what is happening. So I, if it exists or not, but still, it's an it's an battle plan, it's an action plan they they run after. Mm-hmm. Amen. It fits like a glove. Yes, it does. Uh, during this period, Ford emerges as a uh, quote, um, respected spokesman for right wing extremists and religious prejudice. End quote. Yeah. Reach around 700,000 readers through his newspaper. Yeah. Okay. So here we have the uh, repu- uh, republication in Germany. So during the Weimar Republic in the early 1920s, the Proclus was reprinted and published in Germany along with empty Jewish articles first published by the Dearborn Independent and reprinted in translation in Germany as a set of four bound volumes, um, cumulative uh, title, the International Jew 
the world foremost problem. Um, Stephen Watts wrote that Adolf Hitler, uh, quote, um, revered, end quote, Ford, for he quotes Hitler as saying, quote, I shall do my best to put this theory into practice in Germany, end quote, and says that Hitler modeled the Volkswagen, the people's car, um, on the Model T. Several themes from Dearborn Independent articles appear in Mein Kampf. Hitler e even quoted Dearborn Independent in Mein Kampf, and Henry Ford was the only American that Hitler sp um, specifically named. Uh, quote, every year the Jews managed to become increase increasingly, increasingly the controlling master of the labor power of a people of uh, 12, 120 million souls, one great man, Ford, to the um, ex exasperation, still holds out independently there ever, even no. now. And yeah, so, so uh, wherever the Jew, and this is why the Jews have been kicked out of every Christian country and city-state in the history of Europe, because wherever they go, they infest the government with their agents and their money lenders and their liquor sellers, you know, even here in America, the the white man is blamed for the uh, evils committed against the Indians. Well, who controlled the liquor market? You know, the Jews controlled the slavery market, the importation by owning the, sh the ships that crossed the Atlantic from Africa to America. Okay, they owned those ships. So they were the number one slave dealers in the world. And then they controlled the liquor market, okay? So if Indians were given fire water, who do you think give it, gave it to them or sold it to them? Mm -hmm. Okay? Yeah. So, yeah, and also the uh, the blankets that had cholera. Who who, who sold them that? Uh, of course, yeah, it was all Barton. White yeah. Man. yeah. The, the white man gets the blame for all, everything the e evil Jews do. And then uh, they take the credit for all the good things we do, right? That's how it works, folks. Yeah, talk about impersonation. Yeah. Um, on February the 1st, 1924, Ford received Kurt um, Ludecke, a representative of Hitler, at his home. Ludecke was introdu introduced by Ford by Siegfried Wagner, son of the famous composer Richard Wagner and his wife, and Winfred, both Nazi sympathizer and anti-Semitic. Um, Ludek asked Ford for a contribution to the Nazi cause, though this is defined by the Ford Motor Company. Denied. Okay, so obviously anybody who's familiar with the brief period called the Weimar Republic in Germany knows that it was Jewish moneylenders who created the hyperinflation. It was Jews who ran the brothels and the, uh, I guess the best way to define it is strip clubs in, uh, in Berlin and other places around Germany in those days. The, pe the German people were eating out of garbage cans because of the hyperinflation. And this is admitted to the, by the Jews that they're the ones who were in control of the Weimar Republic finances. So uh, unless you, you're living in the Jewish matrix of deceit, you don't know these things, okay? So everything that uh, 
Henry Ford criticized the Jews for is totally justified. And the Jews were doing uh, damage control against Ford by uh, slandering him. That's what this is, folks. It's total slander against Henry Ford. Back to you. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, in July 1938, prior to the outbreak of the war, uh, the German council at uh, Cleveland gave Ford, on his 75th birthday, the award of the Grand Cross of the German Eagle, the highest medal Nazi Germany could bestow on a foreigner. James D. Mooney, vice president of overseas operations for General Motors, received a similar medal, the Merit Cross of the German Eagle's first class. Yeah, now it's interesting, the, the relationship between big American corporations and Nazi Germany goes far beyond Henry Ford. Far beyond Henry Ford. Uh, the DuPont Corporation ran IG Farben during World War II. Why don't why didn't DuPont get bad press? Yeah, that's interesting that they ran it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The uh, American bombers and British bombers were ordered not to bomb any IG Farben plants because they were owned by DuPont. Talk about duplicity, folks. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, now the reaction to the Dearborn Independent. Um, there was much negative press about the Dearborn Independent within Jewish communities, but there was non-Jewish negative press as well. No, that's not true, because uh, those, those so-called non-Jewish organizations were controlled by Jews also. <laughs> All right, back to you. So, here's the Jewish reaction. There are many accounts of Jewish organizations coming together to fight the Dearborn Independent. It's okay okay for Jews to get together and do something political, but it's not okay for us to to oppose them. Yes, the same. It's hypocrisy. Mm -hmm. Total hypocrisy. The first major anti-Semitic article about Jews was published in June 19, 1920. There were major... Uh, repetitions on August 28, then again in February, March, and November 1921. The essay, quote, Semitism will it appear in the U.S., end quote, quoted Louis uh, Brandeis, a justice of the Supreme Court, who advocated for Jewish civil rights and said, quote, organize, organize, organize until every Jew must stand up and be counted, end quote. Okay, now the interesting thing about this is Louis Brandeis was appointed uh, Justice of the Supreme Court by Woodrow Wilson because he was blackmailed by the Rothschilds on account of his affair with Mary Peck. And uh, the Jews sent an agent to the White House to tell Woodrow Wilson, okay, we can get you out of this scandal because it was big news in the West. It was hushed up in the East. But Western newspapers were all publishing articles about Henry I mean, Woodrow Wilson's affair with Mary Peck. Okay? And then... Order, did, yeah. Um, sorry, but how did Louis Brandeis come into this then? Because uh, were he something in this also? Absolutely. One of the uh, blackmail uh, deals was that he would have to appoint a Jewish Supreme Court justice. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, in a Christian country, 
that's outrageous, utterly outrageous, because the Jews have opposed Jesus Christ and Christianity for 2,000 years. And that's why, yeah. the, that's why they've been kicked out of all these Christian societies, because it becomes obvious that they hate Christ, they hate Christianity, and they hate our society, and they hate us. Okay? Yeah, because we look, we look like Jesus Christ. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. But the last 2,000 years of history is nothing but, anti, well, it's laxism, the hatred of white people by Jews. That's 2,000 years of history. That's the real history. Back to you. And isn't that also now regarded as something this, uh, la, la, this uh, isn't that also something that the UN has on their, what are you saying, as regarded as, as, as fact? Uh, maybe I missed something. Oh, oh, you mean, uh, the, uh, well, the Jews admit that uh, they've been kicked out of all these nation states. They, yeah, but that, that was the name, the name that when oh. Jews hate white. Oh, yeah, laxism. Yeah, L-O-X, I, I don't know where the term came from, but it's anti, uh, anti-Aryanism. Uh, <laughs> would be the more popular saying, anti-Aryanism by the Jews is the real problem, uh, the real cause of all wars and all economic chaos, all social chaos and communism. The Jews okay. admit they created communism as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, Louis Marshall uh, noted that the cause of world unrest was um, adversed on the back of the issue of the independent. So he wrote a personal letter to the publisher, Mayor George Haven um, uh, Putnam, uh, condemning him for his intolerance. Marshall said that Putnam was using use as his scapegoat. Eventually, Putnam apologized for his advertisement and for publishing the book. Look, so they obviously got to Marshall as well. Okay, because the Jews could put anybody out of business by, you know, uh, slandering them in their own publications and by withholding purchases by the little Jew from that company. Okay, so this is the power the Jews have to uh, put people out of business. And uh, the best book on this subject was actually written by a Jew. Uh, it's uh, Jews Must Live. I forget the name of the author, Jews Must Live, in which he describes how Jews collectively gang up on uh, businesses owned by non-Jews and uh, surround them and uh, give them bad publicity, uh, cause people to withdraw their uh, you know, business from such companies and put that company out of business, okay? They've done this numerous times throughout history, and that book, Jews Must Live, describes exactly how they do it. Okay, back to you. If just we, as the white people, could boycott their company, like Coca-Cola, something yeah. like that, it have a yeah. huge uh, yeah. Uh, implication. Yeah, it would have a huge impact on Jewish power, but our people, believing the Jews are God's chosen, won't do that, right? But even a small uh, boycott movement, would really uh, have an effect. And I think uh, the attempt, you may remember uh, there was the, the, the tremendous attempt to boycott Christmas by Lowe's, Menards, uh, Home Depot, and other businesses, okay, until they got a backlash from Christians uh, that uh, caused them to drop that, that campaign. Remember, I don't know if it happened in Sweden, but you weren't allowed to use the word Christmas tree 
it had to be called a holiday tree. Right? I have seen the same here too, where they use uh, other words. They use, uh, uh, what do you say, a cross, S, cross mess. They doesn't want to say Christ, so they use right. this, the cross. Xmas, right, Xmas. So uh, the uh, attack on Christ, in whatever form it takes, is always inst- instigated by Jews, and the corporate world is run by them. So, uh, but that backfired. You don't see that. You don't see those big companies uh, talking that way anymore. Okay. No, they. I guess they lose money. That's the yeah. Problem. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. They they lose Christian customers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So and now then we have the the non-Jewish reactions. So-called. Um, the federal- Yeah, Uh, the Federal Council of Churches of Christ in America published a resolution condemning Ford's propaganda and beliefs. Okay, right right off the bat, we have to understand that the Federal Council of Churches is a corporation-run entity. It was part of the tax-exempt corporations which the Jews created in 1913, along with the Federal Reserve Act and uh, other... Uh, and oh yeah, and the income tax. So the Federal Council of Churches cannot be considered a Christian organization. Period. All right. Yeah. And there's also the World Council of Churches, for which about which I would say the exact same thing. It is a secret puppet of the Jews. Always has been. Back to you. So in January 1921, a statement titled. Uh, quote, the pearl of racial prejudice, uh, end quote, denounced anti-Semitism and as an un-American and con- um, condemned the independent for its anti-Semitic campaign. It was signed by more than 100 prominent citizens of, quote, Gentile birth and Christian faith, end quote, including President, oh, here he is, Woodrow mm-hmm. Wilson. There you go. The one, the blackmailed president. Now in those yeah. days, uh, you know, having an affair with another man's wife was enough to put you out of office, right? So they had to keep this quiet. But uh, William Jefferson Clinton did the same thing on a much more uh, you know, a bigger scale. Put it that way, <laughs> he had many affairs while he was married to, the, to that creature called Hillary Clinton, and uh, you know, he, he got away with it. He got away with it. Back to you. Yeah, and I guess it wasn't as a, as a big, what to say, big problem for them. I yeah, don't know. well, the, the Jewish publications who, uh, if let's say, I had an affair with another, a past another pastor's wife, let's say, I, I would be raked over to coals. But William Jefferson Clinton got a total pass from the media. In fact, the, the media went against, and the feminists also went against the women who filed lawsuits against William Jefferson Clinton. That's how business is conducted, in a, Jew business is conducted in America. Back to you. Okay, so now we have the former president William Howard Taft. Ooh. <laughs> William Jennings um, Bryan. Clarence Darrow. Nicholas Murray Butler. Robert Frost, Samuel Seabury, Ida uh, Tarbell, Paul Kravath, and the president of Williams, um, Oberlin and 
Dartmouth College as well as uh, Princeton, Cornell and um, Syracuse universities. However, this did not stop the Dearborn Independent from their negative press regarding Jews. Well, of course, they were telling the truth. Now, all these organizations have been slowly taken over by Jews behind the scenes. So I'm surprised by Will that William Jennings Bryan would uh, sign a document like this because he was a populist who opposed the banksters with, to the very core of his being. But maybe he believed the Jews were God's chosen, and maybe that's why he signed. Or they got to him. Clarence Darrow and all these other people were, uh, were, were publishers or writers. And by this time in history, the Jews controlled the entire publishing industry of America. So that would, they would, that would explain why they would sign on. Okay, And of course, the colleges had become secularized already. And uh, they would oppose uh, anything that was, uh, well, it, it, this is a religious issue. It's a religion. Who are God's chosen people? Who are correctly identified as God's chosen people? And William Cameron and Henry Ford correctly identified us. This was a major problem for organized Jewry because they, they wanted to foist Zionism upon the Christian public of America. And this, uh, this publication was a major obstacle in their path. Back to you. Yeah, because uh, some of the, what I say, the, the mainstream voices that only say the, the same thing is like diverting from it. So it yeah. gets problems. Because if they are in an echo chamber that many of our people are, they are in an echo chamber. Like, I'm, the thing I believe is correct. You yeah. know, they are those, I know it all. They think they know it all already. Yeah. They don't. But that echo chamber has a Jewish loudspeaker <laughs> telling them what to believe. Yeah, and then this echo chamber will only echo the same thing that they only want to hear and repeat. Because mm. if they um, like find out that they have been lied to, then they have to take accountability for it. Yeah, so that's hard. Yeah, that's hard. And then um, white men will, I guess, they would rather die with their lies in the grave than to admit that they have been wrong and lied to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's my experience. Yeah, absolutely. It's very difficult to admit that you've been wrong, <laughs> especially when it comes to religion. Yeah, that's very hard. And, and to admit that there is, a, for first, there is a living God that has foreknowledge of everything and that that you will stand in account in, in front of. And if you have then defended his enemies, I don't know how he likes that. Yes. That you have defended them and you have, you, yeah, you, and then I know, so we, his, we has to repent and we need to stay abide with the law that has not been done away with. Right, yeah. And I don't know where he stood on the, uh, the, the attempt to pr uh, create a one world government after World War One. It's probably in the uh, international Jew as well. But uh, that, that is entirely Jewish operation. Okay. The League of Nations, and so is the United Nations, entirely Jewish operation. So everything that Ford said about them was absolutely spot on. He nailed yeah, it. Yes. Okay. And the League of Nations did uh, crumble because America wouldn't join it, I guess. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Because America still had Christian patriots in those days. Yeah. Now they have been. So, so I, I speak with one of them, but I know that many of them, unfortunately, have been co-opted now in America. That's right. 
So, um, okay. But I guess that the Grey Berets are still uh, aware of the, of the communist insurgence that is happening. Okay. The Grey Berets, did you say? Yeah, or, isn't or, that uh, the veterans from the Vietnam War? Oh, oh, uh, oh uh, yeah. Uh, I haven't, uh, I'm not familiar with their uh, position on, on Zionism. I'll have to check that out. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess you are, you are more my, what to say, because you did fourth communism. I guess you still don't like when you have this insurgence around you. So I guess many of them are, are right. wise to it, I hope. But even the veterans of foreign wars and uh, you know the various veterans organizations uh, uh, have been co-opted. They uh, because uh, we we try to hold a uh, a meeting in New York in Binghamton, New York, and the Jews found out that we we're going to have a meeting there. This was a, a disabled no, not disabled American veterans. This is a veterans group, and. Uh, the Jews found out about it, and they called up that lodge and told them that, that we can't have a meeting there. Okay, this is the power that the Jews have. Anybody who tries to organize against them will be uh, attacked, or you know, they'll organize opposition, local opposition against us. And this is, you know, this is obvious censorship. The Jews are never criticized for their massive censorship programs, which course they control facebook youtube etc youtube uh, they're never criticized uh, for their censorship of us but here they're d definitely uh, you know trying to prevent people from knowing about the international jew and all the 100 percent truth that henry ford and william cameron put into that book back to you mm -hmm. yeah so while they explicitly condemn the program's uh, and violence against Jews. Ford's article blamed the Jews for provoking in, in, in sediments of mass violence. And this is still true uh, today. We do not, uh, at Eurofolk Radio, do not incite violence against Jews. We only believe in self-defense, okay? And, uh, and uh, where, where we do say that uh, the Jews are going to have their uh, comeuppance, it's because the Bible says they will, <laughs> right? And, uh, and this is the extent to which we even engage in uh, talk about to defend ourselves against the Jews and their agents, okay? So nevertheless, even though uh, patriots almost never engage in uh, violent talk against Jews, and every time that happens, that person has been an agent of the Jews or of the FBI or the CIA, and they try to blame it on us, okay? That's the way the Jews operate. And so getting out from under this, this wall of censorship that the Jews have created against us is very, very difficult. But I'm, I'm hopeful, Michael, that the fact sooner or later the general public is going to be aware that this latest uh, act of genocide against us, namely COVID-19, is run by Jewish-controlled medical companies, and they're committing genocide against us. I'm hoping that this will be a wake-up call for white people everywhere, because that's what it is. It's a program of Jewish genocide against us. And it's all we can do at the moment is to keep on telling the truth about them and about the evils of the medical establishment, etc., etc. That's about all we can do right now. Yeah. Okay, back to you. Yeah, that's 
we do when we are we are reading the Bible. That's what we are reading. That's the the our source material. That's our basic yes. for it. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. We just correctly identifies who is who, as I said in the zoo. So okay, and we do in what Jesus Christ did was Yeshua did. He did exactly the same. He just condemned them. He didn't use any violence. He yeah. has condemned, and the only time he used violence was to turn up the, the, money, the money lenders' table. That's right. Yep. That's the only time he did it. And whipped them out with his, 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 uh, this nine, uh, this, uh, yeah, cat. What was the name on it? 911? Yeah. No, no, the, the, no, the, the whip he used, it was this 911 uh, fanged uh, cat. I don't know the, what name for the, the whip he had. The whip? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, cat of nine tails. Yeah. yeah, cat and nine tails, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, so San Francisco lawyer and Jewish uh, farm cooperative organizer Aaron Sapiro filed a liberal lawsuit in response. During the trial, the editor of Ford's, quote, own page, end quote, William Cameron, testified that Ford had nothing to do with the editors, even though they were under his byline. Cameron testified that he never discussed the content on the pages with Ford or sent him uh, sent them to Ford for his approval. Friends and bus- businesses associated said that they warned Ford about the contents of the Independent and that Ford probably never read the articles. He claimed he only read the headlines. Further court testimony aligned that Ford knew about the contents of the Independent in advance of publication. Investigation journalist Max Wallace noted that, quote, whatever credibility this um, assured claim, Cameron's denial may have had, uh, was soon undermined when James M. Miller, a former Dearborn Independent employee, swore under oath that Ford had told him uh, he intended to expose Sapiro. End quote. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Michael um, uh, Barakun uh, observed that Cameron would have continued to publish such uh, controversial material uh, without force explicit instructions. Seemed unthinkable to those who knew both men. Mr. Um, Stanley Rud- Rudman, a Ford family intimate, rem- remarked that Quote, I don't think Mr. Cameron ever wrote anything for uh, publication without Ford's approval. Yeah, well, Cameron was trying to protect Ford. But uh, it it certainly is the case that Ford gave Cameron carte blanche uh, to write uh, uh, these articles and uh, eventually publish The Covenant People, uh, the major book uh, of of, uh, his authorship. Okay, I just discovered he wrote another book. uh, And I'll see if I can share that with people. Back to you. Yeah, and that book would be interesting, interesting to read, William Cameron's book. Yes, yeah. yeah. I'll see if I can find a, a, an internet version, a free copy of it. But uh, that's another book. Uh, every Christian identian needs to have a copy of William Cameron's The Covenant People in their library. It's very concise. It spells out the Christian identity message. Uh, first, you know, the, the American version of British Israel. <laughs> very clearly. Back to you. Yes. So the trial prompted uh, the Anti-Defamation League, ADL, to begin a a concerted effort to oppose the Independent. An ADL-led coalition of Jewish groups led the charge. 
and raised objections to Ford's writing in Detroit Press. The ADL also organized a boycott of Ford's product, which was um, supported not only by Jews, but also by several liberal Christian groups. Note the word liberal. Um, and liberal okay. is, I guess, a new word for communism. Yeah, right. In December 1927, Ford gave in and abolished the paper. News support at the time quoted him as saying he was shocked by the paper's content and unaware of his nature. Ford also wrote a public letter to ADL, President Sigmund Livingst uh, Livingstone, uh, recanting his anti-Semitic views. Uh, I think that's a, that's a misstatement. I said he never did that. Ford denied doing that. But never this is propaganda. Uh, this whole article is literally Jewish propaganda, right? Back to you. Yeah. Ford's 1927 apology was generally well received. Quote, four-fifths of the hundreds of letters addressed to Ford in July 1927 were ah! from Jews. Were from Jews. Uh, right? Okay. Uh, I guess they count as the general public. And almost without exception, they praised the industrialist, end quote. Yeah, now we've got you. Thank you very much. While right. most of the major national Jewish and non-Jewish newspapers accepted Ford's apology, many local Jewish papers uh, rejected it. In January 1937, a Ford uh, statement to the Detroit Jewish Chronicles this um, award, quote, any connection whatsoever with the publication in Germany of a book known as The International Jew, end quote. Well, it's possible he did not, uh, uh, you know, he was not the publisher. Germany did it, okay? So, but uh, he would have certainly have known of that and not objected to it. Back to you. Mm -hmm. So, according to Paul and Paul, uh, Ford's retraction and apology, which were written by others, were not signed by him. Rather, his signature was uh, forged by um, Harry uh, Bennett. There you go. So the, the denial is a fraud. Now, talk, uh, it's a forgery. <laughs> All right. Now we have a real forgery here. He, he did not write it, and he didn't sign it either. Yeah. Um, but there's no, but it's no, no original copy somewhere with, that Ford has written. So I don't know if it's a forgery. It's just, yeah, they have just made it up. Yeah, made up. It was made up. Yep. Uh, and Ford never privately resented his anti-Semitic views, uh, stating in 1914, quote, I hope to uh, republish the international Jew again sometime. And Very quote. good. All right. Okay. But he died shortly thereafter, and his son Edsel took over. So, but this is obviously a, a Wikipedia article. Which and Wikipedia is run by Jews too, so the, there are interesting facts in here that I was unaware of. Uh, you know, this guy Pip, uh, I was never aware of him, and uh, Ernest G. Liebold. But uh, you know, <clears throat> the fact that uh, yeah, and there's no doubt uh, that uh, Henry Ford knew the contents of the Dearborn Independent. You know, obviously he knew. Cameron was just trying to protect him on the witness stand. So, uh, you know, I'm sure Ford was taking heat from all over the place and probably sales of Fords were suffering. 
So that's probably why William Cameron did that. Okay. So this is a very enlightening article about, uh, you know, of course, very, very slanted in favor of the Jews from Wikipedia, which is what you could expect. All right. So we have about a half hour left. Uh, let's see what else is on the agenda here. And uh, let's see, what's the, uh, I have to scroll down to find the other link. Okay. Okay, so yeah, let's get into the trial. The clash at Ford Sapiro trial as Jewish issues. This Now again, this is a Jewish source. This is the Jewish Telegraphic Agency. So we're going to get the Jewish version of these events as we as we do in everything that uh, the Jews are our conscience today they pretend to be our conscience and uh, and of course they hate Jesus Christ they hate Christianity they hate the white race but yet they are our conscience it's very amazing back to you so this is the Jewish telegraphic agency the title is clash at Ford Sapiro trial as Jewish issue persists Cameron quizzed, dated March 22, 1927. And I'll post this in the chat room. Over to you. Okay. Michael. So, um, a letter from the dear, so this is then, a letter from the, quote, Dearborn Independent, end quote, to one of the, of his writers instructing him to get facts regarding, quote, the Jewish boy, end quote, who are, <laughs> uh, quote, Putting the works on the farmers, end quote, was read to the jury today by William Henry um, Gallagher, Sapiro's counsel in the one million libel suit against Henry Ford. Okay, now, uh, now uh, we have to understand because the Federal Reserve Bank collapsed the economy and the nation's farmers who had borrowed money to buy farms or to buy equipment were all going bankrupt. Okay, this was caused by the Federal Reserve Bank. So Henry Ford's claims that the Jew boys were bankrupting the farmers or just, uh, putting the works on the farmers is absolutely 100% correct. It's not libel. It's truth. Back to you. So uh, this letter was uh, adduced as evidence to show that Ford's organ, uh, the independent uh, started out with a campaign against the aligned, um, quote, Jewish gang, end quote, or, quote, conspiracy, end quote, or which uh, Sapir was later named as a member. Thus, quote, Jewish issue, end quote, which the Ford Council thought, sought so admonestly to keep out, come up again and cause a clash, which resulted at one point in the ex execution of the jury while counsel um, argued the matter. Okay, so they had to excuse the jury and uh, you know, d discuss things. Uh, maybe it actually came to blows, I don't know, <laughs> without the jury present, and then they had to bring the jury back in. All right, so please continue. Uh, William G. Cameron, e editor of the Dearborn Independent, was recalled to the witness stand. He insisted that Ford was unaware of the anti-Jewish article published in his paper. When asked to name some member of the line, quote, Jewish gang, end quote, Cameron said he did not remember, nor did he know where the headquarters of the, quote, gang, end quote, were located. 
Okay, now maybe this was a tactic employed by Cameron on the witness stand because he certainly did know. He he could name the Rothschilds, the Warburgs. He could name all those people because they were named in the Dearborn Independent articles. Okay, uh, why he chose this tactic, I'm not sure. Back to you. Um, the letter re- um, read by Gallagher was written by R.H. Rowland of the Independence Editorial Department to Harry H. Dunn of Berkeley, Cal, whose article appeared under the pen name of, quote, Robert Morgan, end quote. The letter is part follows. So here's a quote, quote, don't uh, sneak, uh, sneaker when I tell you that the Jewish boy are putting the works on the farmers. It began when um, Barney Baruch first became interested in Kansas after Wilson left the White House. Since then, there has been a great deal of Jewish interest in the plight of the farmers, especially as the uh, mortganging their souls and bodies through the government agencies plus the various coup uh, operative movements. Yeah, so it's, just, it's just amazing how the Jews were able to cover up their control of the Federal Reserve Bank, their, their uh, you know, staging of wars, their staging of communist insurrections, uh, because they had control of the media already in, in the teens of, early, of the 20th century. They were able to do that. And so as long as the people are ignorant of actual Jewish activities, uh, they can continue their Zionist assault against America and against against the world in reality. Back to you. Yes. So uh, the quote continues. Uh, We have been um, this this serious of getting something tangible. And here seems to be the opportunity to clean up the West Coast situation. I don't imagine you will have much difficulty in rounding the facts up on this, although all of of it will take considerable time. If you can get it well, um, uh, get it, will protect you, of course, and it will be a a fully remunerative, if not more so than to, to, so that that Abraham's material. So remunerative means uh, profitable. Okay, I don't know where there's anybody who is exposed to Jews have not has not gotten any profit from their writings. Okay, back to you. So the quote continue. Let me know from time to time how the work is progressing and if there is any trip you must take to gather the facts. Go ahead and send it. Send in the expenses account to us. I believe that you have an opportunity to do, do considerable um, chronicles of the neglect truth in this case, end quote. Okay, so Mr. Gallagher contended that the article, which named a number of uh, distinguished Jews, became a libel of Sapiro and each of the men named individually. Well, it's, it's interesting that the Rothschilds and the Warburgs and all the richest Jews did not participate in this lawsuit. So obviously, Sapiro was their front man. And uh, yeah, the, the, it's really obvious you know, who, ran, who was running the Federal Reserve Bank. I think at this time, it was actually a, a Jewish mafioso. Uh, 
he was one of the, the gang of three that actually ran uh, Prohibition and profited tremendously from Prohibition. So, uh, and the Jews ran that operation too. Okay? And, and that's how organized crime came to America, thanks to Prohibition. Back to you. Mm-hmm. Charges and denials that Ford mal- maliciously inspired articles. Yeah, maliciously inspired the articles. Well, I mean, uh, well, it wasn't malicious because it's true, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, Dearborn Independent aligned to libel the uh, plaintiff precede the uh, resumption of testimony. Um, yeah, this is uh, this also people are so easily offended of uh, those stuff, so they get so offended. Yes, it's, yes. Uh, uh, I guess it's also with the spirit that the spirit is uh, they are so easily offended that must also be something in the spirit that is, they have not really nour- nourished it so it's um, yeah easily offended well now it's interesting that uh, material facts material facts have not even been discussed yet okay so uh, it's obvious that the Jewish tactic in this trial was to uh, pin uh, Cameron down about whether or not uh, Henry Ford knew of the contents of the Dearborn Independent, okay? Rather than, well, are these facts true, <laughs> right? Uh, are the Jews controlling the world government? Are the Jews uh, staging wars and profiting therefrom and causing American lives to be lost unnecessarily as in World War One? Okay, uh, so... uh, Ford had to make a conscious decision because he knew that the Jews could, uh, you know, give him such adverse publicity that that he could put his company out of business. I'm sure he realized that. Okay, so that's probably why they, you know, played along with this Jewish tactic. Okay, back to you. So, uh, quote: "We will show." End quote. Declares Gallagher. Quote, that Mr. Ford, um, okay, now it is... Maliciously, yeah. With malice. Inspired this libels in the Dearborn Independent. And we will show further that the Independent is only the mouthpiece of Henry Ford. Now, it's interesting that, uh, you know, why Ford didn't become more aggressive and just start naming names in the courtroom. They could easily have done that, you know. Maybe he was afraid that he'd be assassinated, <laughs> right? Uh, so it's hard to say, but it's obviously a tactic that Ford and Cameron chose to use. Okay, for whatever reason. Yeah. Back to you. Okay. And we demand that he be penalized in proportion to his wealth, that he um, be made to pay a sum which would seem as large to him as one as. 100 would, would uh, to me. End quote. The foregoing declaration develops over a motion by counsel for Ford to exclude files and correspondence of the paper prior to the date in which the series of articles appear um, that assail Sapiro, Suyalain, as the agent of an international conspiracy of Jewish financier seeking to enslave the American farmer through the uh, 
forming of uh, cooperative selling organizations. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So the the word there is alleges. So he alleges as the agent of an international conspiracy of Jewish financiers seeking to enslave the American farmer through the forming of cooperative selling organizations. Well, that's exactly what the Jews did. The, the Federal Reserve Bank was spreading out across America in branch banks at this point in time. They did not control the entire economy. And they deliberately bankrupted America and the American farmer to steal their farms from them Okay, that's the whole purpose of the crash of 1929, in addition to reaping windfall profits uh, by causing uh, the investment crowd on Wall Street to lose everything they invested. Okay, the crash of 1929 was deliberately staged by the Rothschilds, by the Federal Reserve Bank. In fact, I have a personal anecdote about this situation. My mother-in-law, I, I began to talk to my mother-in-law about this and because she was working at a, an accounting firm, investment firm in Cleveland, and she had a Jewish boss. So I asked her, well, uh, did, did this, your boss know that the crash was getting to happen, getting ready to happen? And she said, well, now that you ask, I remember one day my boss came in, my Jewish boss came in and asked me, do you have any investments in the stock market and she said yes and he told her get out now because the market's going to crash back to you <laughs> yeah they had foreknowledge about this yes. casino when bring down the casino upon you amen yeah and so did churchill churchill had foreknowledge so he he got out of the market and so did uh kennedy joseph kennedy because he was part of that mob uh, of uh, the prohibition mob that was uh, running the uh, liquor business during prohibition. Okay, so he was forewarned. Yeah, and okay. this also when I read, um, as I probably told before about in a book about Ivar Krieger, that two days after he wanted to get money out of the stock market in America, the, cross, the stock market crash did happen. Two yes. days after Ivar Krieger did this. So mm-hmm. there was a multiple hit they did. Yeah. Yeah, so there plenty of people, you know, people aligned with the Jews got out of the market just in time, and then the average investor got stuck with the bill, you know, and uh, they're, yeah. they've done it several times since, folks, <laughs> right? The 2008 crash was orchestrated by the, the Jews as well, all right? Every crash is always orchestrated. They drive, they drive the market up artificially by creating a bubble, and then they burst the bubble with a pinprick which uh, simply, you know, the, the housing market in 2008 was the, the main driving force of that bubble. And then, uh, you know, they simply stopped loaning, making loans, causing yeah. a crash. Okay, it was all orchestrated. Pump. Yeah. yeah. Pump and dump. <laughs> I guess pump yeah, it up pump, and dump. Yeah, yeah, pump and dump. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then, uh, you know, and then uh, the, the, since they control the mass media, it's blamed on other other things rather than the stock market. The stock markets always get a pass. And guess what? Barack Obama bailed them out to the, tra- what was it, $4 trillion? And, and he, he claimed to be a man of the people, <laughs> right? He was a man of the bankers. Yeah, exactly. That's why they assassinated Kennedy. 
because he tried to put real money or government money into circulation as opposed to the private paper money, fiat currency of the Federal Reserve Bank. That's why he was assassinated. Yeah, okay. that was the biggest. That was a big no-no he did go into. Yeah. By the way, uh, I see Nimblehorse found a free version of the uh, the Covenant People by Cameron online. So uh, maybe we can discuss that next week. Thank you. Thank you, Nimblehorse. All right. Back to you. That sounds very good. Yes. Uh, and I just open up, and that that image of the boat you see on the on the first page. Just when see it, isn't that also an image that I know that a publisher has had? Uh, I can find that out because I have uh, have books from that publisher. That same, um, yeah. I will pick up the name what that publisher name was because I yeah. recognize that. Yeah. Well, uh, it's obvious that uh, Henry Ford and William Cameron uh, upset the Jewish boat, <laughs> right? They were rocking the Jewish boat heavy, big time, and uh, the Jews had to organize against them. And for whatever reason, they chose to take a uh, how's your uh, a lackluster approach during this trial where, you know, uh, it's hard to say why, you know, but maybe they were afraid of being assassinated. All right, back to you. Yeah. So when Mr. Cameron was uh, recalled um, to the stand, he was asked by Galath to identify various articles in The Independent. Question, have you in your mind the name of a single banker who was member of the Sasha a band? Uh, no, but I have a pictures in my mind. <laughs> okay, it's obvious that he's lying here. There's no doubt that he's lying, but uh, I think he's just trying to protect Henry Ford. Okay. Yeah, and I guess uh, if you know your enemy, you, you should, I guess, uh, opponent, you shouldn't really either tell them maybe, because I don't know, I don't think Jesus Christ would say, well, Yeshua won't say that you have lied. Mm-hmm. I guess so. If he is to protect someone of your own. Yeah. So uh, obviously the uh, international Jew names names, <laughs> right? So why, uh, why take this posture of not knowing things he obviously knew? All right, back to you. Yeah. Uh, okay. Did you know that at the time this article was published, not a single dollar had been borrowed from any Jewish banker by any um, as association Mr. Peer was connected with? Answer, no, I did not. Yeah, why would you borrow from them? They, I guess they were just, uh, yeah, put in some pressure on him to see so he put on with his uh, activities. Okay, well, maybe Sapiro was falsely named as part of the lawsuit. Maybe he wasn't uh, involved in any of these banks. Maybe he wasn't, you know, and, and Cameron may have not known whether he was, okay? But certainly Jewish organizations, Jewish-owned banks, including the Federal Reserve Bank, were engaged in lending money to farmers and bankrupting them. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Back to you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, was there any banker you had knowledge of who had loaned money to any associate Mrs. Appear was connected with? Um, Cameron stated to explain and was interrupted. Finally, he, he answered negatively. 
he said he had an in- impression that Sapiro's associate in several instances employed adversating agencies uh, which to use Jewish member. And then question, okay. did you know only two associates organized by Ms. Sapiro employed a Jewish shelling organization? Answer, no, I did, didn't know that. He made the same denial with regard to the employment of Jewish management of office, office staff. Okay, well, I mean, uh, that question uh, proves the point. Uh, it says he too, it says only, only two, but two associations organized by Mr. Sapiro did employ Jewish selling agents. Uh, no, he didn't know that. Well, well what's the relevance? Okay, so, uh, so the, the question is, uh, you know, poorly framed and of course uh, Cameron had to answer no I didn't know that he, how many Jewish employees he had right how would he know how many Jewish employees he had back to you yeah and that was the publisher I did look for this dense uh, uh, destiny. destiny publisher that's one right. Fox said yes that's a publisher yes uh, yeah and that's well. Howard B Rand who uh, another great identity teacher from Boston Okay, yes. we have about four minutes left. Okay, let's see. So then we have, I guess, this uh, um, this big Cameron does not know where aligned quote band alleged. is located. The alleged, uh, alleged. allegations. Uh, that's legal talk. Allegations that means accusations. Uh, that's courtroom talk. Where the alleged band is located. Okay, back to you. Uh, quote, did you have any understanding as to where the headquarters of this band of Jews was? Um, answer, it wasn't a question where, but who. Okay, well, I mean, all he had to do is name the Federal Reserve Bank. <laughs> That's all he had to do, but he chose not to. Very curious. Mm-hmm. The subject of the letter to Dunn was next brought up. Mr. Gallagher asked, did you have a part in writing the, that letter? Answer, well, it was all part of a plan. Okay. Quote. The, mystery, and question, the mystery gets deeper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then question, your ideas at that time was uh, a set of Jewish articles and not necessarily a set of Sapir articles. This question uh, participated a violent argument and the jury was excused while lawyers forth over the matter which involved the manner in which the aligned libels came alleged, to be published. The, the alleged, alleged libels came to be published. So, the, I mean, the very specific question is whether or not Mr. Sapiro was involved in, in writing these articles or involved in any money lending to farmers who subsequently became bankrupt. Now, that specifically would be hard to prove. Okay, so th- this seems to be the line of argument that Mr. Gallagher is taking. And, uh, you know, uh, if, if I were on the witness stand, I said, well, I don't have any personal knowledge of Sapiro's involvement, but uh, it's very obvious that the Federal Reserve Bank, uh, which is run by Jews, is the, the ma- should be the target of discussion, not Mr. Sapiro. Okay, so, uh, so they're basically... Uh, focusing on Mr. S- and that's probably why Sapiro himself was chosen by the Rothschilds to file this lawsuit, because that would put Cameron, you know, uh, but Cameron should have taken time to really investigate Sapiro before taking the witness stand. 
but maybe they had decided to just protect Henry Ford from all of this uh, negative publicity and just leave it at that, okay? So anyway, we're almost done. Uh, go ahead, uh, finish the article for us, please. Uh, sorry, yeah. So, um, and this, yeah, that was, I guess, the article. Yeah, okay. Uh, all right, so the, uh, the archive of the Jewish Telegraph Agency includes articles published from 1923 to 2008. Now, of course, this is all Jewish propaganda to begin with, uh, with a slanted point of view toward uh, William Cameron on the witness stand. So who knows what really happened, <laughs> right? Okay, They're, they have a few quotations from uh, from the record, which basically don't uh, don't conclude or you know establish anything of any importance. Okay, so folks, the battle continues at Genesis three fifteen. There will be enmity between the Adamites and the Edomites, today known as Jews, the Kenites, and all of their related organizations. This battle will not be concluded until the second coming. Praise Yahweh, pass the ammunition. Thank you, Michael. Take care, everybody. See you next time. Uh, Yahweh bless you all right now. Bye-bye.